Hello and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast, the Kansas City Royals podcast in association with Inside the Royals. I am Jacob Milham and join me tonight, I have Lucas Murphy and I also have Christopher Tenpenny. Chris, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great, Jacob. I appreciate you having me on, man. Well, thank you very much. You're, you're very experienced, you know, finally bringing some wisdom to this podcast, thankfully. So that's this morning. I don't know about that. <laughs> but hey, the, the man who once had the facial hair for wisdom, now he has the facial hair to fly fighter jets, Lucas Murphy. Lucas, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. I, I feel great. Uh, it's been a good week so far. We're heading into my favorite holiday um i'm just super pumped so i'm feeling really good man how about yourself well i'm doing all right but lucas i do have a a burning question for you so you're (laughs) you are very much you're focused on your on your diet on your fitness and you know what good on you i'm still you know my definition of cutting back is going from miller high life to to miller light (laughs) every now and then but (laughs) How are you like you've been eating a lot of good, healthy foods for you? How are you going to tackle the 4th of July, man? Ooh, it's going to be tough, honestly. Um, I, I mean, there's a lot of like vegetable trays and a lot of fruit trays that come with uh, with that. So I'm going to probably uh, stick to that. Um, I've been pretty strict, man. Honestly, I've gotten rid of all alcohol. Uh, I drink water, almond milk and uh basically just uh, plain tea and my food regiment is exactly the same. So I probably could honestly uh, skate by, by like grilling some chicken or something, which is kind of what I've been doing anyways um, and, and go that route. But yeah, man, I've been, I've been doing really well uh, working out like a fool. Uh, it's been, it's been pretty fun. And uh, yeah, so I think that's how I'll make it through. Plus with all the activities, of course, of 4th of July, you got all oh, kinds yeah. of fireworks and, uh, like that going on. I think that'll kind of distract me, but the hardest thing is, is, uh, drinking like a good, uh, Colorado Kool-Aid, um, or, you know, some type of, uh, some type of, uh, hard alcohol, but yeah, I've been able to, to avoid it so far. Well, good, good on you. And we, uh, we wish you the best of luck. I'll, I'll have another one for you. Does that yeah, sound please, fair? Please do. Please do. <laughs> Chris, what do you think, man? What do you got going on the fourth? Oh, not too much of staying busy. I think we're going to go out to the lake. I'm down here in OKC. There's a lake out here and just kind of walk around, take in the day and uh, just me, be me and my wife, not that nobody else. So just kind of enjoy it and not have to work. And, you know, the best part is about it. There you go. It was so 4th of July used to be such a big thing for me growing up. Like I remember going out to the fireworks stands and, you know, just buying as much as I could or as much as we could afford at that time. You, I'm out here in Virginia. You can't even set off your own fireworks now, man. It is so strict. Um, thankfully, we, we live close to the water and um, the major town is across the water. So we can go sit down there and watch their display. So that's our plan for the fourth. Nice. But it is going to be a very good holiday. And right now we're kind of on a holiday from Royals baseball. Um, there's no baseball tonight, which um, kind of a good thing. Get a little bit of a breather in. Um, they just avoided the sweep last night by one run in very unspectacular fashion. Um, but Lucas, I know, you know, more burning questions for you, man. Um, do you have any more like smack talk or negative things you want to say about Kyle Isbell? You know, maybe we can get two or three more jacks out of him this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to have to let you do it. You're the, you're the smack talker on Isbell. So Ooh, <laughs> that's, that's my guy. That's my guy. I honestly, I think the only thing I have to say, though, is when you give him consistent play, 
and you put him out there, he's going to start to become more comfortable. Is he going to hit th- over 300 and hit all these homers and, and do all that? Probably not. But once you get a more consistent Calis, but I think you're going to see the true player that we expect to see when you throw him in there here and there, and it's a coin flip on what day that's why it's inconsistent. And I think a lot of that's just, I mean, that's the nature of baseball. Like, you know, you, you got to get into a groove and when you get into a groove, then you feel comfortable. And um, I, I just think he's not in that right now because he doesn't know if he's going to play. Uh, he may not always face a lefty. He may be uh, playing left field. He may be playing right field. He could be in center. Field. I mean, there's just so many factors and um, that's a lot of these guys on this team. And so I think that when that really comes in, that could honestly be a big factor to why the Royals, I mean, granted we pitching has been a problem, but there, there's a lot of factors that come with consistency and I'm not trying to go on a rant this early, but that's, that's been the <laughs> biggest thing with me and like Mike Matheny is like play guys consistently, get them out there and let them do their thing. Well, I think, and Chris, I, I'd love for you to follow up, follow me up on this. Um, I think that there are some, there's something to be said about, you know, platooning guys. Like I understand, you know, the, righty versus lefty matchup. Sometimes you have to make a call and like, that's the difference. But the frustrating thing about Matheny and the lineups are sometimes his, the logic would defy that. And there just wasn't a clear reason for why Kyle Isbell, especially was not getting playing time. Um, Chris, what were what your thoughts, man? Um, I think a big reason why Isbell started losing a little bit of playing time was because Santana started to heat up. And they needed those at bat. So Santana was taken first and Dozier was in the lineup. And so therefore, instead of just playing against lefties, like we saw Santana do, and he was playing against both because his trade value and it ended up working out. So yep. now that Santana's out of the picture, I think we're going to see Isbell a lot more regularly. I do think he is a platoon bat. I mean, heck, when we start getting rid of all these guys in their spots, play him every day just to make sure. But he does profile as more of a you know, third, fourth outfielder play against righties, take a day off against lefties. is kind of what he feels like to me. So playing him as such, I don't have an issue with. I just think we saw that June kind of take a step back from when he was hitting the heart ball real hard in May was because of Santana's emergence finally. And you know what? You are exactly right. Uh, that shift did change or did work out for the Royals. So, yeah, you're you have a great point. It's more of a platoon out there for that third or fourth spot right now. And um, we'll talk a little bit later on in the podcast about um, some moves that could and probably should happen to move Isbell up that hierarchy a little bit more. Um, I do. I do find it interesting. I think a platoon between all of ours and Isabel is something that should be um, explored. Um, I need to do more research on their splits, of course. Um, so I we should definitely monitor that. But Chris, what, what are you smiling about over there, man? I just think all of ours can can play against both, man. I mean, I, I don't have the splits off the top of my head either, but like just watching him, he's just screams extra base hits to me, man. And so I get it because like his defense, even though it's taken a step right, like sometimes platooning him wouldn't be a bad. But I, I personally right now, I would rather see all of ours out there every day over Kyle Isbell. That's just kind of where I'm at. Okay. Well, hey, Lucas, let's go and let's stick in this vein right here. So I've seen Olivares. I've seen him projected all over the outfield, man. I've seen some people calling for him in left field. Some people think he should get center field time. Um, Where do you think that Olivares could slot in for the Royals long term? Uh, This is going to be kind of a 
I, I guess a vague answer, but anywhere <laughs> that he can play, honestly, there you go. that's going to be my biggest thing is like, again, it circles back to consistency. If you're trying to see what these guys are capable of doing, they have to play more than every three days or whatever it is. Um, I think Oliveris is a very special talent. They must've saw something in him when they traded Rosenthal out there to get him. Uh, I, I seriously think that, I mean, how many times have we talked on the podcast about how special we think he could be? And before that injury, he was showing it. Yep. So um, I, I think you have to give these guys chances to really play and show what they're capable of doing as a unit. Um, because you have guys in the minor leagues that are coming too that are going to be ready. I mean, uh, so that's, I mean, we're seeing Eden coming up and, yep. um, you know, there's a lot of guys in AAA that are, are you know, really kind of chomping at the bit to get up here. And uh, we're seeing MJ Melendez playing right field a little bit now too. So uh, it's going to be a packed outfield in, um, you know, depending on what happens with Michael A. Taylor, like, is he, you know, if he doesn't get traded, he's coming back. So there's a lot of things that I think that they have to really kind of consider uh, with this outfield. So uh, to circle back around, yeah, I think uh, if I had to pick a spot for Oliveris, I'd probably stick him in right field uh, just because that's kind of like where you stick your weakest outfielder, in my opinion, um, if it comes down to defense. But I mean, he can honestly play anywhere. Okay. All right. Chris, if you had to pick one spot, where would you put him? Yeah, he's definitely a corner outfielder to me, whether it's left or right. Um, I think the issue is what happens with Michael A. Taylor, because if he's gone, Isbell will immediately slot into center. But if if Michael A. Taylor stays on and Benny goes, again, I know we're getting into this early. I'm just trying to think. Ahead. I think yeah. that Isbell is your right fielder. All of ours is your left fielder, because, again, you put your weakest defender in left um, as far as – Although, I guess, depending on arm, I think also Isabel has a little slightly better arm, which you want in right field. But it doesn't really matter. You can put him either either or. If Isabel is in center because Michael's out, then all of ours will be in right and left field will be either a Prado or a Melendez or, a, you know, something like that moving forward. That is very true. And, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and move forward right along with that, though. Um we, I know Royals Twitter, Royal social media kind of put on the tinfoil hats today when the Kansas City Royals changed up their their uh, social media cover photos uh, because they took out a lot of the trade candidates. Honestly, they, they took out, they had a whole bunch of players in the first one. But in the second one, they removed, you know, Scott Barlow, Nicky Lopez, Andrew Benatendi, Michael A. Taylor, and even Whit Merrifield, um, guys that right now you would think are the face of the face of the franchise in a sense. Um, but Royal social media is trying to send us a message that, Hey, these, uh, these guys might not be here for the long haul. And, you know, we're talking about moving around Isbell and Olivares and to move them around would be a necessity. If Andrew Benatendi does get traded, um, that stove got heated up a little bit tonight um, when it was reported that the Yankees are now seriously looking at the outfield market, um, which if, if we can get folks in a bidding war over Andrew Benatendi, I would be very happy. I think he is right now the best outfield trade target. That's just my opinion. Um, I think he's at least top two. Um, you know, hey, Jake, Jacob, real quick, I'm going to ask both of you. Uh, oh just boy. because obviously we've gotten, we've heard there's a lot of teams interested. If you could pick one of the teams really, that's kind of been the hot stove for Andrew Benatendi. What, Cause now that the Yankees are involved, I was always hoping it was the Yankees, but now that they're involved, 
which of those teams, obviously you've heard the Phillies we've heard uh, who else was there? There's a few others. Yeah. The blue Jays and then the Braves, if you could pick any of them, who you going and you get to just decide the team, which one you picking? Chris, take it, man. man. I, I know who I'm going to go. <laughs> okay. You know, it's tough. I think that the Phillies are desperate enough that they could take it with the Harper injury. They could take a chance on, on Benny to sure up that defense. I know he's not like, we don't think of him as a greatest defender, but he does have a gold glove and between Costi, you know, Nick and Schwarber out there, he's a big upgrade. So I think they would take a shot. You throw in a Barlow or a Stalmer or a reliever to sure up that bullpen. I think you can get like a Bryson Stott or they have another really athletic speedster outfielder or things like that, that they don't have a deep system but they have a couple guys at the top that I think they would be desperate enough to get back into the playoffs and give up a little bit more than maybe that they're actually worth. Well, so I'm um, real quick because you went that route. What about Alec Bohm or anybody like that? You think that could be a potential since we are kind of looking for a third baseman. I don't see. I like Bohm too. I don't think he'd be available. I think he's playing well enough that he's, uh, they, he's part of what they're trying to do right now as far as in Philly. Stott, he's playing a lot of shortstop and second for him, but is struggling. He's in like a buck 50 or whatever. So, you know, they have Didi. They have, you can find a second base. He, maybe throw in wit. I don't know. I don't know what the case may be, but you get a young 24, you know, he's a shortstop who can play second or third maybe on a team that a, there's not as much pressure. You're not in Philly with Bryce Harper and a million fans or whatever. And B, you know, there's no rush to be on a contender. You have a couple years to fill in yourself. So maybe I'm just fell in love with the wrong guy. Cause again, he is struggling a lot in, in the majors, but I think that that's a player that I personally am looking at. Where are you going? Jacob, I'm, I'm going up North of the border, man. I'm going to the Toronto blue Jays. Ooh, that is. I like that. I am a I am a homer on trading with the Blue Jays right now. I think uh, Jordan Groshans yeah. at Triple A for them right now. You know he has that flexibility that the Royals need right now between shortstop and third base. Um, I think you could. I don't even personally. I don't think he needs to stop in Omaha if he's traded for. That's just me. But you know the front office. Yeah, you, you know what we we keep on saying. Hey, they, they should do this. I think the front office is going to do the other thing, though. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's the asterisk on trying to watch the Royals this year. But really, uh, back to back to the Blue Jays real fast. Groshans, he's 67th um, rated prospect in all of baseball right now. He's the Blue Jays third prospect in their farm system. So I think that he's realistic for, you know, if there is a bidding war, and especially if the Blue Jays don't want him to go to AL East rival New York Yankees, they could pay a little bit of a premium. Uh, that's just me. And look, I really hope after the interview today that we heard from John Sherman that he makes it sound like this team is ready to flex a little bit. But man, they just have to make some more moves, right, Lucas? I would think so. I mean, I think you got a clean house. I really do. I think uh, you start from, I, to me, if if that's if that was really the path that they were choosing to take this year, I think they should have cleared house more of on a peak. Like, I don't think Michael A. Taylor should have been re-signed. That's just me. Um, I think that they should have, if they truly were going to lose 100 games, and that was how they felt. Um, because obviously there's a lot of things that tell you that, and they're in it deeper than we are they would know that. And that's the route they were going to go. They should have just, just tried to see what they have and move forward. But 
Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think you got a clean house. I really do. I think you got to start fresh and start getting some of these younger guys that are ready to be here that just need to get the call up. Well, and Chris, please, please, um, provide your rebuttal here in a second, but I do have to say about the Mike Lay Taylor trade, that's kind of paying off in a sense. I think that he's a very good trade candidate for, um, this summer. I think that, you know, he might get a little bit better than a Santana return. Uh, but I think he does have some value. Chris, I, I apologize, man. I cut you off. What were we going to say? No, no, you're, I, I was, you know, I was on, I was basically kind of combining. I was with Lucas when they signed Michael A. Taylor for two, two years. I was like, what are we doing here? And then, and I started looking at it. It's like Michael A. Taylor is uh, second on the team in OPS. You know, he has a higher, not getting a little nerdy, but he has a higher war in his two years. So a year and a half in Kansas City than he does is in seven with the Nationals. So like he's been a very good, his, you know, defense plays a lot of part of that, but he's been a, when you're playing that kind of defense, you can be a average-ish hitter and still have a lot of value. So the, he, he's another guy that they, if they need to package him, pa- that's and that's another part I'm big on. It's really hard to package guys because teams have different needs, but you have so many guys you're trying to get rid of. The chance of getting an impact player is much higher if you put a couple together than trade Benny to the Yankees, trade Michael A. Taylor to the Giants, trade the, you know, trade Barlow. Then you're just getting, you know, top 12 ish prospects and just hoping a couple of them stick. Go get your guy, go put two or three of these players together. And that way, yes, you may not have as many players to choose from, but you already have a core. You feel good about in Prado and Witt and Melendez that you just need to find those couple, two or three players to bring it all together. All right. I, you know, what? sounds, I kind of ramble when I start really getting on a, on a take but you know this is how i go you know what if <laughs> go ahead lucas i was gonna say i kind of feel like this is the royals way too and it's kind of always been a little bit of dating more anyways like to get guys that are good enough at those deadlines to make those trades i just personally feel at some point you have to kind of take that like 14 and 15 kind of feel where you're more of the aggressor and so like at some point we have to stop getting the trevor rosenthal's the michael a taylor's and like the Carlos Santana's and trading those guys off and you need to start playing your guys and then making moves to, to contribute to your team and making them go in the right direction. And I think that that's just kind of the rut we get in at times because it's like, Oh, we're bad. We're the Royals. We're not going to spend a whole lot of money. So let's go get bargain players, turn them into something and then try to flip them and get something else. And it's like, at some point you have to start like, like look how much depth we have at every, every level. I feel personally like, I mean, we just got to start seeing what we have. Like we haven't seen some of the pitching even come up yet. And I, I mean, I get that the, the track record for Royals prospects from pitching hasn't been great, but we yeah. still don't know about some of those guys. And like, you just got to give them an opportunity. And um, so I think uh, hopefully at one point we start, you know, taking these trades and these guys come up and play. So. Well, and you know, they, they did take that chance this week uh, when they promoted Vinny Pasquantino, which mm-hmm. was, you know, very, it was very much a boom, boom move. You know, we, we heard the Santana trade news. And I think literally later that morning, we got the Vinny promotion. Like, I think that was something that was in place for a while personally. Um, but Chris, please start us off. What were your thoughts on Vinny's major league debut this week? 
You know, rightfully so. I think that first game, there's a lot of nerves. He swung, you know, at the first two pitches he saw, uh, I think he saw like six total pitches or something like that through four at bats. He was definitely very aggressive in game one, game two settled down a little bit, you know, started to show that plate discipline that he kind of became a cult legend about in the minors. And so Sherry's sure, still looking for that first hit, but I'll take a couple walks after you get those nerves out. And I think he's going to be just fine up here. Hey, I like to hear it. Lucas, what do you think? Man, I was super pumped. I even tweeted about him like that rollover was the best rollover I've ever seen in my life. Man, it was beautiful. <laughs> I was like, so excited. I think what's cool is like it just shows to me, it shows like how how desperate I would say Royals fans are in a way for success again, because that crowd was loaded that night to see Vinny Pasquantino come up and roll over and, and do his thing, man. I, and I think that's what's just exciting for Royals fans is like they're starting to see some of that happen and they're getting that vibe again of like our young guys are coming. Um, and I think that's an exciting time. So, yeah, I was super pumped. Uh, I tuned in um, even though I was that was Heasley night. Yeah, I was extremely upset with no, that was the night before. Uh, man, Heasley, but that's a whole nother thing. So, yeah, Vinny P, <laughs> super pumped, super pumped. But um, no, I think I had to like the Royals fan base really turned out for his debut, which was yeah. so refreshing to see. I think um, baseball reference, I looked up the attendance numbers and that was the highest or that was the best attended Tuesday night game at Kaufman since like early 2019. Like it was, you know, people came out in droves for Vinny. So maybe this is what, you know, maybe this is what the ownership needed. Get a little a surge of surge of paper in their pockets uh, with a, with a Vinny debut right there. But Lucas, I mean, do you think that we're going to see anyone else get promoted here soon? I would think so. I mean, I, I think you're obviously, you know, we're going to start talking trade stuff, but I think, uh, I think trades are going to start to really come about. And I think that's when you're really going to start to see people come up. I could, I think Prado uh, is going to be, I, I don't know if I want to say next, but I think he'll be the next big one, if that makes sense. So, cause I think you could see, I think Massey might come up too at some point. Um, I'm trying to re- I always forget the center fielder that play. He's the plays outfield for, he came up really briefly for the Royals from AAA and then went back down. Uh, no, the other one. Colin? No. Did Collins come up? No. I'm trying to think who it was. I know who you're talking about. He would like, Really got one AB appeared for a brief minute. Yeah, yeah, very brief stint. He's he's oh, in our Dungan. No, I'll no, look Dungan's it up. Dungan's an infielder. Yeah, I'll look I like it up. Dungan by the way, as far as random non-real <laughs> prospects go. But <laughs> but yeah, I think I think you know I think you'll start to see some of these other guys come up, and um, I'd be interested to see too how they address the bullpen because obviously you know if if Stalmont goes, if Barlow goes, like who's going to start filling in those roles? Obviously Matheny isn't necessarily a role guy, but um, who's, who's going to come up and start filling in those slots. Like is Zerpa going to come up and kind of come in and, you know, I think one person that I'd like to, I mean, Kowar looked pretty good the other day. Yeah. Uh, but also like, you know, have we, haven't seen Alec Marsh yet. I think that would be a, an opportunity to see him come up, maybe throw some, throw some innings out of the pen or something, but um, yeah, well, it will be interesting for sure. Chris, what do you think, man? I know, I know we've kind of, uh, we said we were going to talk about trades later. And then like, we talked about some trades, (laughs) (laughs) right? But, uh, like, is there anyone on your radar for an upcoming promotion? Really? As far as like the top, probably 
because we were talking about Brewer Hicken, right? That's Hicken, it. Right? Yeah. Brewer yeah, Hicken, yeah. And, he, and he's not really like a prospect. Like, I mean, he's like 26. He's, he's okay. And I think we will see a few guys like that. But as far as like guys on the top 30, Prado's really the only one I see getting called up between now and, and September 1. Um, I know they don't expand the roster anymore, but we could still see, you know, some of those other guys like Marsh and Zerpa and uh, Austin Cox and things like that come up. But really, I honestly think that it's going to, as far as big name prospects to have another night like we did with Vinny uh, the other day, Nick Prado is really the only guy on my radar coming up. I think sure. the crowd is, I think you get more, honestly, if, uh, if he's called up. What do you yeah. guys think? If Prado's called up, I think he'd get more of a turnout than Vinny P. Just because of when he was drafted and how long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Although Vinny's, Vinny's that cult legend, man. Yeah, people man. love him. He, yeah, man. He, I mean, he's a he's a man of the people. It's like, seriously. Uh, he's, and, he's, he's awesome, man. And you know what? Something that we haven't even talked about is, like, earlier on this year, there were so many bad reports about the vibe in, like, the in the clubhouse and amongst the team. And just – and you know what? That, that could be all hearsay. That could be all, you know, um, what-ifs and what-about-isms and stuff. But everyone just had amazing things to say about Vinny Pasquantino. I mean, Bobby Witt, Matheny, they just talked about, like, how much of a fun guy he is to have around. So I think that will be something cool to watch this summer is maybe if he brings a – some more energy to the team. But Lucas, you've talked about that a lot before. <laughs> well, and real quick on that too, I know we only got a few more minutes, but I think yeah, you might see a different like Mike Matheny too, if some of these veterans get out and you start bringing up some of these young, like enthusiastic, like excited to play baseball type of guys. Mike Matheny might actually like, cause he always just looks like he's stone cold faced and like just either bored out of his mind or, or just hates life or something. And uh, I think you might start to see a different Matheny if some of these younger guys come up. Yeah, that is true. Chris, what do you, Hey, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here, man. Uh-oh. What is your favorite type of statistical visual graph? Ooh. Um, you know what? If I had to choose, I actually, this may be kind of nerdy. I like good plot graph, man. I like being okay. able to just to look at and just show me where it's at. Like that, that's my go-to is plot graph. <laughs> Lucas, what about you, man? Are you a graphs guy? I'm going to go ahead and say the radar gun. Oh, <laughs> the most efficient graph there is, man. I like it. Yeah, no, it's uh honestly, I'm a, I like pie charts, even though I, it's, Cause they remind me of the dessert, but that's about <laughs> it. I was, I was terrible at math. Anyone who's listening, I hated math. So charts are not my favorite. Uh, I, I will say that Patrick Mahomes has made me a fan of the, of the scatter. Yeah. The scatter graphs, just because you'll have all these dots together and then it'll just be one, one little dot out there all on his own. will be Patrick LeVon Mahomes. Yep. Yep. Oh man. Well, Hey, Chris, that is uh we're, we're almost at the end of our time here. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me. That was a lot of fun. I haven't been able to do this in a while. So talking Royals baseball, I'm always down. Yeah. You're right. down there talking about the thunder, aren't you? Uh, no, no, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> not too much of an NBA guy personally. And I don't know if the thunder are doing a lot to really make me start. So <laughs> well, may maybe they could trade you a first round. Draft there we go. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, Chris, I know I know you are doing some work when you uh, when you have some chance when you have the chance to do it. Uh, where can folks find your work? 
Um, so you can all, I'm always active on Twitter. If you just want to see little quick random and half the time, don't take me too seriously on there. I'm normally just, you know, tweeting brief things about the game and trying to be humorous. It doesn't always come across, but know that if you read a tweet that didn't make any sense, that's just me trying to be funny. So just ignore it, keep going. And going. <laughs> otherwise, you know, I do a little bit for inside the Royals still. And so just always, always talking about sports. Heck yeah. I like to hear it. Uh, Lucas, are you, I know you're buckling down on things. You're a pretty busy man. Have you been putting out stuff lately? Uh, I got everything on hold, man. I'm focusing on the health. Uh, obviously, you know, we're getting ready to expect our second. So, uh, kind of getting that stuff in line. Thank you. We're getting ready to find out the gender, uh, hopefully next week. So, uh, if, if it's a girl, then uh, we got a lot of planning and a lot of things to purchase. If it's a boy, I think we're going to be a little bit better off just because we already got a boy. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of what we're dealing with. And, uh, uh, yeah, just trying to get, get health, everything in line. And I love, I've been hooked on working out, man. So nice. well, good, good, man. I'm, I'm glad you're taking care of yourself and, you know, taking care of the family. That has got to be priority number one. Yeah. Um, but look, man, we're, let's go ahead and get on out of here. Folks know where to find us on social media if they're still listening. I'm I'm at that point, man. <laughs> but everyone, so everyone, thank you so much for your support. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, go Royals.